Hi, I'm Todd Killian, and welcome to Christmas Clatter, the podcast that celebrates everything that makes Christmas special. Be sure to head over to our website, christmasclatter.com. There you'll find our weekly blog posts. You can also sign up for our free monthly email newsletter, Clatter Chatter. You can also send me a message via email at todd at christmasclatter.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Hi, and welcome again to Christmas Clatter. First episode of 2021. Can't believe it. Had a great uh, weekly run through the Burr months into Christmas. Got to where it was twice a week there for a while, which was great. And I appreciate each and every one of you guys giving me some time off between Christmas and now to kind of recharge my batteries, take a little break from the social medias and all that stuff. But we are back and uh, revamping up for a new year uh, on the road to Christmas. Have some changes coming along the way. Uh, First change guys already know about we have a uh, remodeled website uh, for you guys along with a weekly blog that weekly blog thing kind of hit the pause for christmas and new year's uh, as we kind of took a little bit of a hiatus but we'll be back with a weekly blog from our contributors we also have uh, clatter chatter the monthly newsletter completely free email newsletter uh, that'll be getting out to you guys very soon and uh, so those are two of the changes as far as podcasts go i have uh, upgraded some equipment i have some more plans in the future for that kind of behind the scenes stuff to bring a more consistent uh, quality audio to you guys to enjoy uh, to enjoy to make the listening more enjoyable so we have that going on. I also have plans for 2021, uh, other things I'd like to do. Don't hold my feet to the fire too hard about it because, you know, you get to planning, then uh, things happen. So, But I'm hoping to uh, fire up the YouTube channel. We do have a YouTube channel on there for a while. I was posting every episode audio only, which is like a thumbnail of the show logo. But I'm hoping to do a little bit more with uh, some video where you can see us talking, recording the podcast, that sort of thing. That might be a few months down the road, maybe spring or so, as I kind of learn the equipment and the processes of that and uh, to get to where I want it to be. And uh, when I started podcasting, I knew uh, very little about any of it. So it's all kind of learn as I go and roll the dice and hit the record button and see what happens. Uh, I've enjoyed all the different uh, aspects that I've learned over the past couple of years. And so I'm thinking about the YouTube launch will be a great um, second birthday, uh, second anniversary celebration uh, for Christmas clatter in May. That is the goal for now. And I'm hoping to do a little bit more uh, for Facebook live or streaming on Instagram or YouTube or something like that uh, to be more interactive with you guys uh, in a live situation. Even dabbling into the possibility of making the Merry Melees a live event that you guys can watch and comment on. That's a tall order, but I'm going to see if we can make it happen. 
for 2021. Just continue to grow in different aspects and to bring more and more Christmas to you in different ways. As for this episode, uh, it's been a long time coming, but uh, we have a Christmas conversation to launch our 2021. And it's with none other than the host of Christmas Past podcast, Brian Earl. Many of you know that's been a longtime listener of Christmas Clatter. Brian was very instrumental in helping Christmas Clatter launch as far as the technical stuff and the logo design and things like that and the advice that he gave me and uh, kind of pointed me in the right direction and walked along beside me and helped me do it. And uh, I uh, would have had him on sooner, but uh, it's kind of one of those things. It's like I just kind of wanted to wait for some reason, just felt good to wait, you know. And so when we finally get to talk to, to Brian, and uh, I'm hoping he'll be back later this year, closer to the Burr months. So without any further ado, here is my Christmas conversation with Brian Earl. Well, joining me here on Christmas Clatter, making his uh, Christmas Clatter debut finally is the man you heard me talk about many times about giving me uh, the inspiration to start the podcast and helping me get it off the ground uh, with uh, lots of help and lots of messages via Facebook Messenger is the one and only Brian Earl from Christmas Past Podcast. Thanks so much, Brian, for finally joining me here on Christmas Clatter. Yeah, thanks for finally getting around to inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of did that on on purpose. I kind of wanted to uh, get some space in between launching and and starting, and and uh, um, it's kind of one of those things. You hear the uh, expression, "You got to keep your powder dry," mm -hmm. and uh, it's like I just don't want to separate you guys out that that have a, a podcast that been out there for for a while and. Uh, 2020 was a crazy year to say the least, but for you personally and for the podcast, you hit some milestones. The first thing I want to want to touch on is Christmas past hit a big milestone of 1 million downloads this holiday season. Uh, tell us about that process and how that felt and, and, and a little bit of how, how you got that far. Yeah, it's, um, well, so Christmas Past has been around since 2016, and I think I'm 140 odd episodes in. And so it was looking like around sometime around this year, I was going to hit that milestone. And, you mm -hmm. know, something I'd never experienced before. So you don't really know what's supposed to happen after that, or what's it going to feel like, you just sort of know it's something that's about to happen, and it'll feel good when it does. And I think it was actually on Christmas morning I saw that I had surpassed a million downloads. And sure, it was, you know, it's very exciting. I sent a big thank you to everyone in the Christmas Past Facebook group or, you know, everyone who's listened to an episode or recommended to a friend that they should check out my podcast. I mean, all of that is, is a part of what grows the podcast and makes it what it is, is that it's uh, largely word of mouth. And so, I mean, I'm really grateful in that respect that you know, a, a lot of the, you know, I, I always say on the show, like I make the show, but the listeners give it its success. 
you know, the, the extent to mm -hmm. which they continue listening and keep coming back and telling their friends to listen, like that's what makes the show what it is really. So it's a, it's a partnership. And I never forget that, you know, I always treat my listeners like family and always try to find opportunities to work them into the show and just show my appreciation. And so far it's paid off. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, the download numbers are something I'll talk about every now and then, maybe once a year and right. only with a milestone. It's not something I obsess over because at the end of the day, this is something I do for fun and just out of my love for Christmas. I'm not trying to quit my job and become a Christmas podcaster. So all of these things are little niceties, but at the same time, mm -hmm. they don't distract from the core work, which is to tell the stories behind Christmas traditions. I understand that completely. That's what's one thing I really haven't hit on very much with with my listeners is, you know, the the number of downloads. And, and I took this lesson from from the guys over there at Tis the Podcast. They said if no one listened to the podcast, they'd still make it because they enjoyed it. And mm -hmm. I think we probably both kind of take that that approach. It's like, well, if no one listens, it's just something that's fun to do. And uh, and I, I want to ask you this, uh, kind of on a personal question. You know, I talked about you know being around since 2016 hitting the million mark is remarkable because for most of the existence of Chris Christmas past, you've been a real seasonal, uh, podcast only releasing episodes through the Christmas season. And, and this year with the pandemic, you did a, a stretch of one every day till we realized it was going to go on way longer than we ever thought. And, you know, so, so that was quite a, quite a run, Quite, quite a bit of success there for, for a limited run. But another thing that you have as far as success is being able to spur on other podcasts like myself and Dwayne at Tinsel Tunes and Art at Cozy Christmas mm -hmm. and, and some others. So how's that feel as being kind of like this uh, launching pad for other Christmas podcasts? Is that uh, uh, that's got to give you a, a good feeling of success, too, for the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's another way to just connect with people who love Christmas. And, you know, I when I started the podcast, I had no idea what to expect. And like you were saying with other podcasters, you know, even if no one listened, they'd still do it because they just love doing it. And that first right. season, you know, I, I said, if anyone outside of my social circle, anyone outside of my friends and family downloads a single episode, I'll consider that just a cherry on top, not even something I'm expecting. I had no idea what to expect. But then it was, you know, the next year. And, and that first year was, was pretty modest. I was happy with the success of it. But um, I didn't have any notions after season one that, hey, maybe I'm on to something and this could become something big. It was just it was fun. It was satisfying. And I said I'd do it again for at least one more season and just take it from there. But then it was in that next season that I would just have people reaching out to me like professors saying, oh, I played your episode in class as an example of good storytelling. Oh, wow. Or uh, I had a museum curator reach out to me and say, oh, you did a thing about uh, gingerbread houses. Can we play this as part of our uh, our, our part of our exhibit? Uh, and then, you know, the year after that, I'm just people are reaching out with like little offers. You know, hey, would you consider doing this or that? I've always turned offers like that down for things like sponsorships or whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, for the same reasons I said with the million download thing, it's like, this is my hobby. The episodes are really short. Uh, I have a, a career that I love in design that I'm not looking to leave anytime soon. And so, you know, it's really just something that I'm, I'm just doing for my, my own enjoyment more than anything else. Um, but with all that said, you know, eventually there were the getting flown across the country for conference appearances and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and so the podcast has just opened up a lot of doors for me in, in more ways than one. I mean, just, you know, meeting people like you and the rest of the, the Christmas podcasting community, uh, just having an outlet for expression in a way that I don't get in other parts of my life. It really does unlock something. And it, it also, you know, gives you this identity of a podcaster. Uh, it's just, you know, something it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a set of skills that you 
you develop, uh, and, and you know this as well as anyone else, that uh, podcasting is is several small skills that you need to yes. you need to develop. You need to learn how to become an amateur audio engineer. You need to learn to be a designer, a promoter, all of that. And it just sort of it develops a sense of confidence and accomplishment and expression. Uh, and then just to see that feedback loop, once you put something out into the world, you don't know what's going to happen. But whatever it is, it's usually a pleasant surprise. So when people come to me and say, hey, I'm thinking of starting my own podcast, I'm like, yes. I mean, let me help you in any way that I can, because it has been such a reward in my life that it can only be a good thing to help just other people see that. And I'm sure in your own experience, you've, you've uh, felt the same thing. I know that Art has felt the same thing. I think there were a couple other, uh, I've actually um, lost count of the other podcasts I've helped get going. There was um, uh, Ricky from uh, Slay Bells and Slay Bells and Mistletoe, and, mistletoe mm-hmm. and a small handful of others that aren't Christmas related for that matter. Um, and, you know, this is just one of those kinds of communities where no yeah. one, I, I wouldn't imagine you'd reach out and say, hey, can you give me some advice? And they would say, you know, heck no, I'm not going to share any of my advice with you. You know, I think people really develop a passion for this. And part of that is just seeing it grow. And for no other reason, mm-hmm. if I help someone start a Christmas podcast, well, that's one more Christmas podcast for me to listen to. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, you know, when I came out, I think there were maybe a small handful. There was Lee Cameron's The Christmas Stocking, mm-hmm. which uh, it's still available, but sadly, he's no longer putting out new episodes. There were a couple mm-hmm. other ones that are mostly about Christmas music or, or something like that, but it was really small when I came out in 2016. Yeah, it was a handful because I think I, when I discovered you, I think you were season two. Mm-hmm. So I was able to keep up with season two, and then I binged through season one pretty quick, and it was you and Lee Cameron and two, three others maybe. Yeah, I think this podcast it. came out in 2017 or 2018. A, yeah, they were right there beginning. And then uh, uh, My Mary podcast uh, was doing some things. And everybody talks about Hark, but I never listened to Hark. It never popped up on my thing, but I guess they were around. And then I think like the Dick to Hallmark guys launched probably around that same time. Yeah, as I think well, they were in 2018. Or, I think 2018, okay, 2019 was, was the explosion. And then that was yeah. why this year I decided, like, you know, look, when I go into iTunes, the, the iTunes desktop app or Spotify, and you mm-hmm. type in Christmas, what you'll find is a handful of podcasts, um, but most of them aren't Christmas podcasts. It is the, you know, mm-hmm. the, they'll bubble up the Christmas episode of like the Ben Shapiro show, right? And you, you mm-hmm. just get this, this big mess of podcast episodes and podcast and all of the good Christmas stuff is just buried. Like you can't find it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I said, well, oh, someone's got to do something about this because there are so many great Christmas podcasts, uh, yeah. and, but finding them shouldn't be hard. And so that's when I, I put together the definitive directory of Christmas podcasts over at my website. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, like it's been pretty gratifying to see just that enormous yeah. explosion of Christmas podcasts. And, you know, I don't know. I, be, it would be a little arrogant to try to take credit for any of that. But, you know, I've, I've done my best to just help that, help foster that because, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've never heard a bad story of someone starting a Christmas podcast and saying, oh, man, I really regret that decision. I mean, it's usually just been such a value add in, in their life. And, you know, for the podcasters themselves, it, it just makes the season that much more bright. It's added a new mm-hmm. dimension to the way that I celebrate and recognize the holiday. And then when you hear people reaching out and say, hey, this podcast is like one of my new Christmas traditions. I mean, I can't describe what that feels like. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's indescribable, but it just tickles me pink. It it absolutely is. It's fantastic. And yeah, you came out with that directory and I was thinking, oh, he'll probably get to like 50 or 60, you know, cause I've, I've done that too, where I've get on different podcast apps and just, you know, search Christmas and see what there, you know, was out there and, you know, see all our, our, uh, 
our cohorts and stuff and it's cool and you find a few others and some are active and some aren't and it got up to what like 150 or so 170 it's, it's almost not 200 now i think it's just shy oh, wow. of 200 um and there could be more there are a lot of christmas podcasts out there quote unquote that are uh-huh. on the face of it you know they're fairly obvious that someone started a free anchor account and did one or two episodes for like a school project or something like that mm-hmm. and they usually don't include those because you know if, if it was just a one and done, then it doesn't count. But there was one, uh, these two kids talking about Christmas in Austria that I I actually added to the directory just because I thought the quality was pretty good. Um, So I do listen to all of them, like every single one, I'll check it out and say, is this something? Should I, you know, present this to people? And yeah. You ever uh, consider make like making a Christmas podcast app and and connecting all the RSS feeds and or something crazy like that or you know I had considered that for a while and I even had a set of uh-huh. designs because again like you know I'm a designer I live in Silicon Valley that's yeah. just sort of like how, how we think and live our lives out here um, uh-huh. but at the end of the day all the hoops you have to jump through to get an app approved uh-huh. and what it would cost for to hire a developer because I'm not one of those uh, and then also it's just sort of redundant. I remember um, because I was talking about it with a colleague and they said, well, why would I want an app that only shows me this when I could have an app that gives me every Christmas podcast Mm -hmm. uh, or every podcast in general? But the answer to that is is the the, the, basically the problem that I just described. You look for Christmas, you don't necessarily see all the great Christmas podcasts. So I'm trying to, uh, you know, I suppose if you were to visit the directory of Christmas podcasts on your phone, I guess in in a way it it acts like that, but you might be on to something there. You know, it's always one of those things you put put in the back of your mind and see where things go. Maybe it, there comes a time where the app development, it takes a uh, much easier approach and uh, that kind of thing. And, and you just never know. Mm-hmm. You know, I've paid it forward. You helped me so much starting Christmas Clatter as far as like designing my logo and stuff and and uh, and getting the color schemes and, and all that and helping me, you know, uh, I remember you helped me walking through how to load up my podcast on on the on the computer and all that great stuff, oh, yeah. and then I've paid it forward to some. I paid it forward to some other podcasts and and uh, help help them guys out. And then uh, Ken Smith of the Faces Places podcast contacted me because he was wanting to start that podcast. And then when I found out he wasn't going to do a Christmas podcast, I was so excited because it's like, oh, someone's reaching out to me who's going to do something different than yeah. Christmas, which is really cool, you know, and. Uh, and uh, it it that is so much fun to to help people out and get started. And like you said, we're, when you when you log on to sit down to do Christmas podcasts, we're not we're not delusional. We 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 know we're not going to be signing the big uh, Spotify deal or anything like mm-hmm. that. But uh, you know, just to pay it forward, and it's it's kind of that uh, creative stress relief you you can get when you, when you're creative. You know, it gives you something to do, keeps your mind occupied because. Uh, Lord knows through 2020, we needed all the uh, creative stress relief we could get. And uh, And there were, um, I think this year, there were so many new Christmas podcasts that that came out. uh I think, you know, I can only surmise a lot of people were feeling that same thing. Um, And, uh you know, if a podcast comes out around Christmas time, you know that someone probably was thinking about it back in, you know, like March or the previous April, uh, which was right around the time where those lockdowns Mm -hmm. were happening across the country. And just a lot of the other uh, unfortunate news was was really, you know, uh, front of mind for everybody. And, you know, we saw people were escaping into Christmas, not necessarily podcasts, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I think uh, Christmas of 2019 offered the shortest distance between Thanksgiving and Christmas that the calendar uh, yes. makes possible. And I think it's it won't be for another mm-hmm. decade or so that we get the longest possible stretch. I think this this year was almost the same as as 2019 where it was just yeah, it was over. like an extra day. 
Yeah, I yeah. think we got an extra day from 2019. So, uh, so you know, it was that, and then the news in 2019 was there was a lot of politic, mm -hmm. uh, political news happening right around the Christmas mm -hmm. season that was consuming people. Uh, and so mm -hmm. then March comes along, and all the lockdowns happen. We're not too far away from Christmas of the previous year, and people just started going right back to Christmas. You saw all those news articles of people putting up their Christmas decorations again, or if you're stuck mm -hmm. at home with the kids, they were pretending it's Christmas by putting up the, the tree inside or playing Christmas music. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's just, you know... I think people like you and me, like I always have some kind of Christmas decoration in the house oh, yeah. year round. Um, mm -hmm. But it seems to be universal, right? That that is just something mm -hmm. that everyone will go to in some way, shape or form when they're looking for just a little bit of comfort, some familiarity, mm -hmm. some soothing balm for the soul. Uh, Christmas mm -hmm. is what it is. And so I don't know if you feel the same way I do, but just to feel like you're contributing something to Christmas, like in some small way, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think Christmas past or Christmas clad, well, who knows, maybe, maybe Christmas clatter and not Christmas past will ever be as popular as, you know, Rudolph or Frosty or something like that. But we're adding something to the tapestry, adding something to people's standard Christmas entertainment. And I think we're seeing that grow more and more every year. I'm still waiting for that one corporate podcast to come along that's going to be like the, the flagship Christmas podcast that everyone yeah. goes to year after year. I, mean, I, I can only imagine it's still on the horizon somewhere, but unless or until we get to that, it's people like you and me just doing our thing. And that's possible, but you know, I've, I've thought about this and, and me and you've, we've messaged back and forth uh, uh, some about this. And I think I remember I've, I've bragged on this before, especially uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. I, I may mention that I think Christmas was going to become more accepted year round than what it had been. And we have had talked about the war on Christmas before. That's always a big thing. And, and, you know, about Christmas decorations coming out earlier and earlier and uh, now it's getting more accepted. But, you know, I've thought about that. It's like, who's going to be the big corporate Christmas podcast that's really going to capitalize on, on this whole podcast uh, movement, for, for lack of a better term? And I don't know if they will, uh, you know, as far as a full-time podcast. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you'll get that same Christmas um, feel, feeling from it as, you know, someone that generally – loves Christmas like all the hosts of these podcasts because it, it, it's going to be hard to walk in and act, you know, everybody loves Christmas to a point, you know, you had to have Scrooges, but it's going to be hard to walk in day in, day out and pretend you really love Christmas year round if you don't really love Christmas year round. And I think a couple of years ago, we started seeing some, uh, I don't, I don't really know what the term for right. it, like branded podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. Like TV guide put one out. I think it was all I want for Christmas is this podcast. And they were, you know, reviewing the mm -hmm. made for television Christmas movies. And I kind of thought maybe yeah. that one would really take off. They, they didn't come back for another mm -hmm. season. Um, and I can't imagine that a, a branded one or one put out mm -hmm. by a, you know, a major studio or, or network or something like that mm -hmm. would be year round. It would probably just drop a bunch of episodes at Christmas. We've seen a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Like Nigel Slater had one. Mm -hmm. Jamie Oliver had one. Uh, I think Amazon Alexa had one that they put out with maybe Jen Lilly talking about holiday stress. Um, but again, like none of those have really mm -hmm. exploded. They've, they've all sort of mm -hmm. flown under the radar. And so I think it's only a matter of time before Disney's like, sure, you know, this season we're going to put out, you know, on November 25th, we're going to drop a dozen episodes of some Christmas podcast. And it's mm -hmm. just going to be the thing that puts Christmas podcasts yeah. on the map. Um, because the alternative to that is the mm -hmm. indies like you and me uh, really reaching those heights. And I think the closest we've seen to that so far mm -hmm. would be like Deck the Hallmark. Um, yeah. But, you know, and, yeah. 
I guess if there was some kind of celebrity that got involved that probably could take off, you know, I'm, uh, the one I'm thinking off the top of my head is uh, Mindy Kalin from, uh, you know, she's popular from uh, being Kelly in The Office. And she's a big, big time Christmas lover from everything I've, I've read, you know, really Christmas enthusiasts enthusiasts uh similar to us if someone like her would get in you know get into it i could see that becoming like a because she's got such celebrity outside of the christmas realm and she's such a good uh writer on top of that that she could she would definitely you know uh, command a lot of attention in the christmas market but you know if if, if someone's out there and they're wanting to make a, a podcast that really pulls in a lot of money for christmas it's really gonna have to be done well and, and come across because Christmas is so layered that, it, you know, it could get mm. s- swallowed up in the, the minutiae so fast. You know, Disney, I guess I could see Disney really pulling one off with like, uh, you know, like especially a kid's Christmas podcast or, you know, or tell like a, you know, a story over a couple episodes or something. And Yeah, that's what I'd imagine for, for some someone like them. They do some kind of an uh-huh. audio drama. So I think, you know, there's a lot of potential. I, I really think it's a matter of like, right. you know, the investment that anyone might be willing to make or, you know, what kind of potential they think it could have. Because, you know, Christmas stuff is, uh, even though I'm year-round, you're year-round, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no getting around it. You know, the 95% of the interest yeah. is concentrated to about six weeks out of the year. And that's just the reality. Yeah, we we talked about downloads. We can definitely tell when people are interested in Christmas, and yeah. when they're where they're not. It's it's like okay, you know, it's like you wake up one late September, you look at your numbers, like oh, people's getting ready for Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's great to see. One last thing about twenty twenty, and we'll put a bow on that since uh, uh, you're Chris, since you're from Christmas past, and we'll quit our. I'm going to put you to the fire, and we're going to look ahead. But I want to touch for one thing for 2020. Probably the most important thing for you that happened was you became a father. I did. So congr- congratulations on that. So that is fantastic. Thank you very much. I'd like to say, Dashel Charles. Dashel Charles was born mm-hmm. on November 7th. He was 7.3 pounds of pure Christmas spirit. Um, Yep. And he's, uh, he's doing great actually. Uh, so I'm a first time dad. I had absolutely no idea what to expect other than the fact that everything changes and sometimes not for the better, right? You don't sleep very well. Um, uh, so, you know, I don't really know where he falls on the spectrum, but like, you know, I, I've been pretty pleased with how well he sleeps and how well he behaves. So I, I guess we're lucky in more ways than one, especially as it relates to, you know, our sleep and energy levels. Um, and he's just now uh-huh. to the point where he's smiling, which, you know, for the first couple of weeks, all they do is they just stare and they, you know, it's like they barely even know you're there. Mm-hmm. The second they smile at you, it's yeah. like your heart oh, just yeah, feels yeah. like it's taking a bubble bath. You know, like you just don't know what, you just can't contain the, the warm feelings from seeing your baby smile at you. So, uh, that's been, that's been a nice little addition over the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah. That, that first time they look at you, you and you can tell they recognize who you are. Mm-hmm. That's when they, that's when they get you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's when they get you right away. I've, I've been through that process a few times and it, it's uh, magic each and every time. I, I'll tell you that. But All things considered, I'm kind of glad that his first Christmas was during the pandemic when he has no mm-hmm. idea what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. I have lots of nieces and nephews and know lots of people who have small children. And I just I feel bad for you know someone who's seven or five mm-hmm. or something like that, uh, where Christmas, you know, because that sort of magical childhood Christmas, like how many of those do you really get? You know, you don't really start having mm-hmm. memories until you're four or five. And then, you know, it goes up till seven and, you know, seven or eight, you, you get like a small uh-huh. handful of those real, right. like, oh my goodness, childhood Christmases. And like so many kids just got robbed of that this year. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. In fact, that's one reason I don't share as many Christmas memories as I used to is because I, t- I tell people I got to space them out. I've only been through 43 Christmases, <laughs> you know, uh, barely barely a month's worth of Christmases is all I, I've, I've been through. And so I only have so many because the first few I don't remember at all. And and the big chunks of the rest of them I don't remember, you know, it's not till yeah. you know, you get to adulthood that you can kind of have a good memory of them. But you're, you're right. Uh you know, my youngest, she turned eight, right? You know, right at the end of November, and but I don't think she was. Luckily, we our Christmases are pretty homebody Christmases to begin with, even in a non-pandemic year. You know, we, it's not a lot of traveling involved or, or things. You know, there's a little shopping that was a little different because we had to go at different times and you know, doing the mask thing and, and make sure, you know, cause we like to go when things aren't going to be as crowded and, uh, and, but we were able to kind of get through it pretty good without being too drastically different. You know, um, it wasn't so bad, but we're kind of homebodies anyway. So, you know, even on a non-pandemic year, we don't get out and do a whole, whole bunch. You know, we kind of probably miss like going to the, our local parades, uh, parade of lights that happens and stuff like that. But it wasn't, I don't think it's going to be a, a make or break thing for, for her Christmas this year, but I understand there a lot of people put a lot of value in that stuff and, and that's great. And I, I do feel bad for those that had to miss those kind of things, but next Christmas would be better. But the Christmas after Christmas, 2022, that'd be your most fun one yet. Trust me. Cause, uh, the, for me, the, yeah, for, for, for you. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that'd be fantastic. Hopefully uh, things will be back to normal or what is considered normal by then. But, the new uh, normal, whatever that's going to look like. Whatever yeah. that's going to look like. Speaking of that, I know you are from Christmas past and you love to look back at the history of our Christmas traditions, but uh, I want to throw a curveball at you and uh, ask you to look forward. We kind of touched on it on podcasts and stuff, but what do you foresee for Christmases uh, for 2021 and beyond? Are there any trends that you're seeing as far as like uh social trends or uh or anything like that one thing i've noticed and to kind of give you a minute to think about it is i believe finally the ugly sweater i'm gonna announce this right now the ugly sweater is dead i don't think it's a big deal anymore i mean i see them still but i don't see anybody going like super crazy over them and uh I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna call it that uh that the ugly sweater phase is on its way out. You know, you you could very well be right. Um, and, you know, largely it's because no one had anywhere to wear them right. uh, this past season. Um, although at the same time, I you know, I still saw them. I saw, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like on Instagram or on some, you know, ads for them. There are whole companies that that's all they do is create these mm-hmm. ugly Christmas sweaters. Uh, you know, I think if they do fade out, that would be a good thing because they just keep getting more and more outlandish. Yeah. I don't know if it was last year or the year before that, where there was the one at Walmart where it was Santa Claus doing just some very un-Santa Claus-like stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we need to go into it, but I, I, if you look it up, you'll see he was uh-huh. he was being a naughty boy. Um, and, you know, stuff like that, I just really feel like, the, you know, the ugly Christmas sweater, if you track it back, I think it was supposed to be have happened um, – in New York is where that got started. And it was hipsters who would go to thrift stores and buy these old, like, you know, Cosby show looking sweaters to Uh wear ironically to Christmas parties. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it sort of built from there and became this national trend that um, I think you and I share the same opinion. I'll be really happy when that goes away. I think Mm -hmm. that's one of those um, 
it's one of those things that didn't really grow organically. I think it just becomes like a little over the top. And then uh-huh. as with most Christmas traditions nowadays, sooner or later it becomes commercialized. It becomes something that you can buy and sell or take pictures of so that you can post it with a hashtag on Instagram or something like that. And, um, you know, that that's just sort of how the world works nowadays. But something about that feels not quite right to me. I'll be glad when the Christmas, ugly Christmas sweater goes away, but I don't share your optimism. I, I think those are, those are here to stay for a while longer yet. <laughs> well, hopefully I'm right. I don't mind the old style Christmas sweaters like you were talking about. If someone wore those, I would be happy with that. It's just the ones that are like half done and they have like llamas on them. It's like, I'm not sure what llamas have to do with Christmas. I know llamas are popular now and just, you know, bizarre stuff that, you know, it's like, let's take all the ugly stuff we can find and throw it on a sweater and, you know, put a Santa hat and call it good. You know, but uh, like I said, if someone was just wearing some old 1970s sweater just for kicks, I I would find that humor. uh, Yeah, that would be funny to me and I would love it. You know, but uh so do you have any uh, things you foreseeing you want to predict for any Christmases ahead as far as trends or what do you think is going to happen? One thing that I do is I keep track of trends is you notice that in the short term, the same trends come up over and over again from year to year. So within the last five years, every year, oh, rainbow Christmas trees are the hot trend this year. And it's like, yeah, I know, because they were like the last three years, too. Or succulent Christmas trees are this huge trend this year. It's like, yeah, I know, because they were, uh, I think, upside down trees were kind of big in 2016, 2017. Uh A lot of those really funny uh, beauty trends. And again, like when something, it's hard to tell when something is a trend or not, or if it's just that some you know, junior level reporter at some magazine went on their Instagram feed and saw a bunch of people with those, you know, like putting tinsel in their their hair. Say, oh, that's the hot new thing, meaning that 20 people on Instagram are doing it. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to do a little bit of seeing what trends are being reported and then also just, you know, kind of what you notice out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the good things about Christmas is that for the most part, it stays the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we add things over time. And so my interest is in like, well, how did we get to where we are now? What's the story behind some of those things? And then what are the things that are happening now that have the makings of things that are going to go on you know, um, in the future? And so, you know, some of the things that I think are, are popular now that will probably either continue indefinitely or we'll look back on and say, oh, what a what an early 2000s thing that was, that that contribution to Christmas, like, you know, the, the rise of the the made-for-TV Christmas romance. Like, those have been around forever since the 60s, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, now with, like, the Hallmark Channel and then all the people trying to compete with the Hallmark Channel, we're in this kind of golden age, uh, if you like, of Mm -hmm. made-for-TV Christmas romances. Um, The Elf on the Shelf, I think. I I don't know how long that's going to stay. I hope it's not very long. I'm not a fan of that. I don't want to get one for Dashiell. I think those... Mm -hmm. I think Tim Babb from uh, Can't Wait for Christmas said it best. That thing is like the nickelback of Christmas. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm really not excited about that. But, you know, I think... um, you know, things like that. And and the ironic, ugly Christmas sweater. I think, you know, like you were saying, I think we're seeing this trajectory where it became a trend that got a little oversaturated. It'll probably still be with us in some way, shape or form for a while. But, you know, maybe the maybe we have reached peak ugly Christmas sweater mm-hmm. and it'll be time for for whatever's next after that. And then, you know, I think we're just seeing now the idea of the the Christmas conference, which is tied to mm-hmm. those made for TV movies. Um right. And, you know, with some of these things, it's really hard to say, like, you know, is it a Christmas tradition? If we're being pedantic about it, a a tradition, by definition, is something that's handed from one generation to the next, right? Mm -hmm. So things like 
the elf on the shelf, is it really a tradition? Well, I, I don't know. It has to be around for at least 20 odd years. That's roughly right. the length of a generation before you can even say so. And it's highly dependent on that one company continuing to do it. Whereas the ugly Christmas sweater is just more like an idea. It's like a concept mm -hmm. or the colored Christmas trees. Um, in the same way that in the 60s, the aluminum Christmas tree was a thing. I think mm -hmm. now like the brightly colored Christmas trees are sort of becoming a thing. Um, other than that, you know, there's just really little stuff that comes up every year. Some new product will be added or some new spin or, or something like that. But I'm not really sure that anything that we've seen in the last couple of years has the makings of something that generations from now people will continue doing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think the, of, of the things you said, I think the Christmas conference has the potential of really becoming something big. I know right now it's really tied to Hallmark and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I have a feeling as they grow and popularity and expand, uh, you know, of con to con, you know, more and more content creators for Christmas and reach out, you know, to, to the merchants, you know, um, and things in that nature that it really explode. I'm not saying it'd be as big as like San Diego Comic-Con or, or anything like that, but it have potential to really be like kind of that thing that people look forward to. Um, especially if they have it in, uh, July every year, I think that's, that's where it has its real potential to be like a real mark of the season is coming. Uh, it'd be a good launching pad for, uh, people that, you know, have movies for Christmas in the coming year, people that have, uh, uh, you know, products, you know, that are launching. You know, I, I think of, uh, you know, just off the top of my head, there are no affiliation with us, is the Mr. Christmas products that, that they're like the porcelain uh, Christmas tree kind of thing. And they make all those figures that light up, you know, that'd be a great place for them to kind of launch you know, display their new products for 2021 for fans, you know, going to see all their beloved Hallmark movie stars or, you know, that kind of thing. <clears throat> Basically like the, the San Diego, I could see that being a real, you know, newsworthy general public story every year. It's, you know, it's time for this Christmas conference. It's the, the, you know, unofficial launch of, uh, you know, the pre-Christmas season in July. I could, I could really see that taking off in, in, uh, in some way because count, Conferences are, are super popular. I know it kind of got, you know, it got 2020 last year, but, but, uh, hopefully, you know, this year with, uh, you know, a couple of conferences on the schedule and maybe another sometime down, down the road, that, that could really be something if somebody really takes it and runs. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see really where Christmas podcasts fit into the overall tapestry of Christmas entertainment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the concept has been validated. There is a market for this and a hunger for this. I like, but mm -hmm. like I was saying before, I don't really think we found like the one true mega hit of a Christmas podcast mm -hmm. that, you know, has the same kind of thing that, you know, families are going to make time to listen to it together every year mm -hmm. in the same way that they'll watch Rudolph and Frosty. But I suspect it's only a matter of time. Uh, you know, now that podcasts have, you know, legitimately earned their place alongside TV and movies and all that, mm -hmm. it's just part of people's daily entertainment and part of, and, you know, with that, of course, comes, the idea that these are part of the way that we celebrate the season. So it's it's really interesting to watch those changes happen in motion because, I mean, think like you and I were part of that from the very beginning and come what may, you know, we'll know that we were part of that. Yeah. 
they're building upon our shoulders, Brian, is what they're doing. <laughs> I'm happy to see it. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I, I, I'm easy. You know, you said a while ago that I was more optimistic. I tend to be more optimistic than most people. It's just kind of in my nature. I just, uh, I don't know. I just always call it being naive or what. I just always, just always see stuff on the bright side and, and enjoy it. But uh, it's going to be an interesting ride. Um, what's your plans for Christmas pass for 2021 you have uh anything new you you want to announce that you're going to be trying out or, or you want to keep it close to the vest to see how I think how things we're go keeping a little close to the vest because at the moment i i'm gonna to have to see what uh having a podcast and a, a, a baby is like uh-huh. um yes. and you know for, for the longest time every year i would try a little something different you know there's uh mm-hmm. i remember the second year i did Oh gosh, I forget what I, I did. Something. Oh, it was like I, some of my episodes had like little skits in them. I, you know, some people from mm-hmm. the podcast community with the like act out a little scene uh, as the opener of the the episode. And then it was two seasons ago. I did that, my dear Santa, a true crime Christmas caper. Yes. Um, this year, I, I didn't know what I could commit to. I actually did most of my season over the summer because I was preparing for my son to be born. I said, okay, well the. The one thing I'm going to leave the Christmas community this year is that directory of Christmas podcasts. And then, you know, I had done some uh, some conference stuff uh, the year before that. And so uh, this year, I really don't know. And going back to your original question about the million downloads, I mean, it's definitely like no one knows that you've got a million downloads unless you tell them. Uh, so it's not right. like the world is pe- beating a path to my door. But I also do feel like that could serve as a launching pad to something else. And so I'm not ready to talk about it, but there are a couple of ideas that I'm, I'm considering uh, and actually a couple of conversations I'm having with people outside of the podcast for ways to um, let's say extend the reach of Christmas past. So that's all I'll say for now. And we'll, we'll keep you updated as things. uh, Oh, very, very good. So let everybody know where they can uh, possibly find those updates at when they come along. Well, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Christmas Past and you'll find me. Uh, and then you can also go to christmaspast.media or better yet, just uh, Google the definitive directory of Christmas podcasts. That'll take you right to my site where you can find all the great Christmas podcasts that are out there now and then explore for uh, other news and announcements and bonus content. And all those links will be in my show notes, so you'll just be a tap-tap away for those that are unavailable to jot those down or, or remember them. And if by some chance you guys have not tuned in to uh, Christmas past and listened to any, I encourage you to, once this episode of Christmas Clatter is over, to uh, – Go and subscribe and start uh, listening to all the back episodes. You will not be disappointed, and you will definitely learn a lot about uh, how far Christmas has come over over the centuries and millennia, actually. And uh, and when I first heard Brian, he had me hooked. His first couple episodes were on the origins of Santa Claus, and uh, I've been hooked ever since and uh, he doesn't know this but his uh, 1 million download numbers is a sham because I probably listened to him all 900 <laughs> 900 1000 uh, times myself so <laughs> but no but it, it's a great great podcast and you guys will thoroughly enjoy it and uh, Brian thanks so much for hopping on here with me and and uh, and talking with me here on Christmas Clatter and I definitely will want to have you back closer to the Christmas season this year, if possible. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me, and I'd be happy to come back anytime. Just love talking with Brian and hope to have him on the podcast again real soon. Well, real soon. I say like it's around the corner, but it might feel like that the Burr months will be here before you know it. 
You know, kind of a side note. Everybody wants to count down to Christmas, but I always count down to Leon Day, June 25th. Because that's the day that uh, the Christmas stuff starts hitting the stores. And then it's uh, the pace picks up for the Christmas season then. So it's like, I just got to get to June. You know, no sense in counting down the whole year. I just got to get to June. But as a bonus for this episode here, I want to introduce you guys to a new song. This song is from Mia Simone, a 22-year-old singer-songwriter based out of Los Angeles. She has this song called Holiday Dreams, which is great for the month of July. It's kind of this melancholy longing for Christmas type song. And uh, Mia says that uh, Holiday Dreams is the start of a new era for her music in 2021. And uh, as we end this episode, I will let you guys enjoy a little bit of Mia Simone's Holiday Dreams. A link to the song and Mia's social media pages will be in the show notes. Once again, here is Mia Simone and Holiday Dream. We're going to spike our hot chocolate with Bailey's cream. And our apple cider with cinnamon dreams. We will live in gingerbread mansions, laughing so hard. We don't know what happened. We simply close our eyes, and when we Sugar plum fairies dancing in our heads. Holiday dreams just for you and me. Everything is fun. Thanks for joining me here on Christmas Clatter. Be sure to check out our website, ChristmasClatter.com. Email me at Todd at ChristmasClatter.com. Christmas Clatter is a proud presentation of the Christmas Podcast Network. And remember, keep Christmas hope alive every day.